Good evening. Welcome back. Anyways, so for the next installment, so let's, let's see, we've done Chopping Mall, right? We've done um, Chopping Malls from the 80s. We've done uh, The Terror from the Year 5000. That was from, I believe, late 50s. We have came back to the 80s, and we did Sleepaway Camp, which I, I really should have. I think, you know, in retrospect, after editing it, I wish I had gone a little more in-depth on it, but there's not a whole lot more in-depth to go. I mean, she really just kind of, like, is killing everybody. This time we're going back to 1940. 1940, this movie starred Bela Lugosi. For those of you that don't know, Bela Lugosi really was one of the kings of, like, horror. Bela Lugosi played... He played in so many... You know what? Give me one second. I'm going to pull up his filmography because the guy, he, he helped define... The horror genre. He lived from 1882 to 1956, and he was originally Dracula in Bram Stoker's Dracula in 1931. I mean, he was in Frankenstein movies. He was in The Wolfman. He was in The Invisible Ghost. He was in Frankenstein meets The Wolfman. He, he just... Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Not really a scary one, but still. I mean, he continued acting all the way through the late 50s. His last film was... Um, so he started doing work with Ed Wood, right? He was in Glenn or Glenda. And his last film was actually Plan 9 from Outer Space. And it's a sad story because he was really deteriorating over the last, like, ten years of his life. And some people thought that he was getting taken advantage of, but, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's for people to, you know, debate, I guess. Anyways, this movie is none of those. This movie is from 1940. This is Devil Bat. Devil Bat was uh, one of the early movies produced by the Producers Releasing Corporation. It was directed by Gene Yarborough. Uh, like I said, it stars Bella Lugosi along with... Um, Guy Usher, Yolanda Mallet, uh, Susan Karen, uh, David O'Brien, and Donald Kerr, who are the protagonists in the movie. And they were, I believe, um, comic team originally, but they were in the movie. Um, it's not a long review. The movie's 68 minutes. There's not a lot to talk about with this one. And I told you I was trying to keep some of these. I just want to keep these between 15 and 20 minutes because I'm trying to do so many of them for you guys. And basically... Everyone I'm doing, I want you to know, is a movie that I would recommend watching at least once, right? Even, like, Sleepaway Camp gets a horribly bad rap, but the twist at the end was pretty damn good. Like, you didn't see it coming at all. It was almost like if somebody had written a whole movie without a twist and then said, hey, I got an idea. So it was fantastic. The the idea behind it, and and some of the deaths, yeah. You know, and it had full frontal in it, which was not something you saw a lot of. Unfortunately, it was in it. But it was needed. So all the movies I'm talking about, and really all the movies on the show, are for the most part movies I recommend seeing at least once. Because in some way, shape, or form, all these movies help shape what we have now. Uh, let me correct that, because I think what we have now kind of sucks. But still. So anyways, the movie starts off, and there's a foreword, and then it says, all, health, all Heathville love Dr. Paul Carruthers, their kindly village doctor. No one suspected that in his home laboratory on a hillside overlooking the magnificent estate of Martin Heath, the doctor found time to conduct certain private experiments. Weird, terrifying experiments. Movies used to open with stuff like that, right? And the credits were always at the beginning, and there were like three pages of credits, not like 15 minutes. It was a completely simpler time back then, and movies were really... Bella Lugosi plays Dr. Paul Carruthers. Susan Karen is uh, Mary Heath. Dave O'Brien is Johnny Layton. Guy Usher is Henry Morton. Yolanda Mallet is Maxine. Donald Kerr is One Shot McGuire. Edward Mortimer is Don Martin Heath. Um, the list just goes on. I, I don't want to go through all of them, the whole casting list. So, basic story is that... Um, so, Dr. Paul Carruthers, Bella Lugosi, 
is a chemist for a cosmetic company in a small town. And he, um, throughout the course of the beginning of the movie, he starts becoming upset because he is why they're successful and he's getting upset with his wealthy employers because he's who's why they're successful and he feels that they should give him more of a share of the company's success. And they don't, um, they obviously don't, don't feel the same. So Bella Lugosi wants revenge, right? I mean, he feels wronged. He starts breeding bats. Not just bats, though, like giant bats. I mean, these things are pretty damn big. And he creates a special aftershave lotion. And what he does is he can conditions these bats, much like Pavlov's dog, to where when they smell this lotion, they attacked. So all the people he wants dead, he gives the lotion to and he says, hey, I want you to test this product. It's a new product I'm working on. So many of his enemies, two of two which are his former partners and three members of their respective families, put the product on and they go out and they get attacked and murdered by these bats. Um, hence the name Devil Bats, right? So they're out in the, they're out and about doing minding their own business and they're wearing this aftershave lotion. Next thing you know, these giant bats, they, they kill them all. It's a small town, but the, this, this newspaper from a nearby big city um, says, hey, they tell uh, the editor sends Johnny Layton, played by David O'Brien, who's a big shot city report, big city reporter, you know, hot shot up and coming kind of guy. And the editor says, go, go cover this case and help solve the murders. Because for some reason in old movies, the press help would help solve the murders. I don't understand that. Cause I don't think that was ever like that in real life. And if it was, it would have been kind of awesome to be a, you know, it would have been kind of awesome to have been a um, reporter, right? Cause yeah, it could solve crimes and you might get murdered. So that would be a problem, especially if you're at Camp Arawak. Um, anyways, so, he goes out there to help solve the murders, and he's uh, he's got a photographer with him, um, One Shot McGuire, who's Donald Kerr. And like I said, Brian O'Brien and Kerr were a comedy duo, and McGuire's character is he's a photographer, but the guy's an idiot. He's constantly he's just a bumbling f- idiot photographer, I, and I don't know I don't know if they ever really say why he's um, why he's called One Shot because he's completely like you know just a complete goof. So they start. They start investigating the murder, and because they're a comedic duo, obviously the mystery is starting to be unraveled comedically by these two. So also throughout the time the reporters are there, um, our good friend Johnny Layton, the fast-talking big city reporter, he starts... Um, so the reporter is making a play for the daughter. As I, So he gives he's giving out these samples and everything, right? Everyone's getting killed. And Mary Heath at one point is... Um, I believe she gets it too, or she has it. And, yeah, she gets it. And um, at one point, Henry Morton begins to think that uh, the doc is behind the killings. But on his way to the mansion, he's attacked. Well, he's one of the first ones attacked and died. One of the, he, He's attacked and dies. He was the CEO of the company. I should have mentioned that earlier. I'm sorry. Um, but he was one of the few that suspected it was the doc. Mary starts to wonder why her going-to-bed perfume smells different. But she doesn't really think about it. I mean, she kind of just blows it off. But she notices there's a difference. So that night, the bat one of the giant bats tries to get into her room. Doc, the doc is called, the doc is called and he, um, Johnny convinces her that he might be onto something and that he, the doc might be involved. And the bat tries getting into her room. So she, he says, call the doc, pretend to be upset. I want to search his house. So Johnny searches the doc's house. Johnny finds the lab and the aftershave and an attic full of bats. Johnny slips out and he returns 
to the house and convinces the doc to watch for the bat. At this point, they're playing dumb, right? Like Johnny's not saying, I know you did it. Doc agrees to help him out, and they're and Johnny, he agrees because Johnny puts on some of the aftershave. So while they're watching, the bat comes comes to attack Johnny. At this point, Johnny throws the aftershave on the doctor, who is Bella Lugosi, and then he gets attacked by the bat. And then Johnny shoots the bat like, it. he shot it like 19, it like six times. It was ridiculous. So the bat killed the mad scientist. Johnny kills the bat. And Mary and Johnny live happily ever after. And it pretty much just fades to black. Uh, like I said, not a really long synopsis. And there were some names of characters I probably should have thrown in that I didn't, like the, the CEO of the company who figures it out. Is this a good movie? For 1940, this would have been a fantastic movie. Many people consider this one of the movies where Lugosi started sliding from his possibility of being a serious film actor into just making schlocky B-movies. But, you know, whether he kept making them because he enjoyed it or he needed the money or whatever, Lugosi's a legend in the horror industry to me, or not to the industry, to me. And, you know, he did a damn fine job considering what he had to work with on many of these films. He always brought a great presence to the movies, and this movie's no no different. From the beginning, uh, part of it's the writing and direction, too, but you really don't care about the other characters. You really feel for the doc who feels he's been wronged, and he's been made to like suffer you know, all these hours of work for nothing, and you really feel for the guy. And part of that's because of Lugosi, and part of that's because we all kind of relate to that, right? Like Many of us bust our ass at our real jobs or bust our ass recording podcasts and don't really get any recognition for it, even even a thank you. He's a very likable character, and much of that is because of Lugosi himself. The other characters, they're all right. You know, I mean, there's not a lot of depth in the characters. The movie's just over an hour long. I mean, you know, it's not going to be... It's definitely not an Academy Award-winning film. The special effects are laughable. I mean, you're going to giggle watching this bat, these bats attack. I mean, it's pretty funny. Um, it's an interesting concept for a movie, and it's a concept that's been used over time, right? There's other movies out there that have used either sound or sound to get creatures to attack or um, or smells or something, you know, in the same similar fashion. And I don't think it's something that's overused either. Um, there was talk of a sequel at one point by somebody... And I think there was a Kickstarter for it, even. I don't remember for sure, which kind of made me laugh, because I'm like, really? Eh, it's kind of late for a sequel for it, isn't it? But, you know, what can you do? Uh, it's been released many times. Uh, it was restored, and it's, and you can find it on Blu-ray now. Um, and, uh, yeah, 2015, Ted, indie filmmaker Ted Moring directed the sequel. Oh, he did, he did make one. Never even seen it. So there was a sequel, Revenge of the Devil Bat. So I'm like, might want to check that out, and maybe I'll do one on that. Devil Bat might be one of Lugosi's best films for the studio that he was with at the time. I mean, Producers Releasing Corporation is not around. You know, the comedy's dated. The bumbling idiot uh, photographer. I mean, the reporter, not so much. But it's so, it's so stereotypical of that time period, right? Everyone wears t- pants that are too pulled up too high and talks too fast, right? Just like all the old gangster movies with James Cagney. I mean, those are considered classics, but... Come on, who, who does who dresses like that and talks like that anymore? This is a similar idea, and um, it's a pretty good flick. He gets his revenge, and then they get theirs at the end, and, you know, that's how it ends. But I would recommend watching it. I recommend a lot of these movies because they're not hard to watch. They're not super, like, they're not super 
emotional, right? Like you could watch this with like your ten year old kid, and the kid's not gonna or eight year old kid, and the kid's not gonna freak out. They've seen better special effects on a Wii game, you know. So to me, these are movies that are great to get people interested in a genre, right? You start them with stuff that they can watch, and then by the time they're older, next thing you know, they're they're not scared for about this. I mean, like I grew up watching horror movies that I probably shouldn't watch, like Sleepaway Camp. To me, most horror movies don't scare me anymore. They piss me off, if anything. But to me, you start at the beginning, and I think this is one of them, and Lugosi is a fantastic actor, or was a fantastic actor, and he was great in this movie, too. Anyways, I know that sounded long and rambling. It's getting late here, and um, I'm probably not going to do another one tonight because I can't stay focused. I keep jumping around. But anyways, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I know this one probably wasn't as good as some of the other ones, but it's such a short movie. There's really not a whole lot to talk about. Even if I'd given you the names of the characters, it wouldn't have mattered because they're on screen for five minutes apiece. I mean, it really is not long. I mean, there's more time spent when the one guy gets killed. It's more time spent showing spinning newspapers than on the scene where the furry bat killed him. There is, you know, this, the, you know how they did the spinning newspapers. I'm like, breaking news. Yeah, it was like that. Uh, I, I want to say there's like 10 or 15 minutes of Lugosi just playing around in the lab in the beginning, stuff like that. So that's why there's really not a whole lot to talk about. It's not a whole lot of depth in the movie, but you got to consider a time period. So anyways, again, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you're enjoying this run of back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-backs. Uh, we'll see how long I can keep it up, and um, enjoy your night. Thanks. Bye.